Hello there, it's Jamila Jamel. Take a deep breath. Let your breath out slowly to the count of six. One, two, three, four, five, six. Do you feel better? Well, on my podcast, I Weigh, this month we'll be exploring ways to tackle mental health and feel better with guests like Simon Sinek from The Optimism Company, therapist Vienna Farron, comedian Neil Brennan, and many more. Listen to I Weigh wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to Help Me Be Me. I'm your host, Sarah Mae Bates. I'm a writer, director, mom, and a breakup coach with an MAMFT. And this podcast is kind of like a personal relationship in that I talk to you like you're my friend. I provide tools to help you feel more grounded, empowered, inspired, and most of all, help you see yourself. This is aimed at creating more harmony and happiness in the relationship you have with you so you can better guide your life and also be better to those you love. Take what helps and leave the rest. This is not a diagnosis for treatment. If you're really struggling, call your local emergency services. Hi everyone, it's Sarah, and this is an episode I'm calling Confronting Big Life Changes. And it is specifically for if you are deciding if you're going to divorce or separate or maybe you're confronting losing something like that like a relationship also applies if you're confronting loss of an addiction it's very similar in how we emotionally confront it because relationships can be themselves addictions but either way both kind of create this sense of safety and comfort and routine and to even think about change can be incredibly terrifying and it can be so scary that we don't even want to think about it. Like we'll we'll actually just turn away whenever we start to go through the process of mentally negotiating if this thing still has a role in our life. So this is for generally moving through hard shit with love in your heart for others and for yourself. So if you are confronting what could be a major life change like separation, divorce, or addiction, This is really for doing processing around the subject without stigma in your own head. So it's not necessarily for like confronting the other person or picking out the rehab or whatever it is. It's really just for you to help move forward in from a place of ambivalence and or refusing to think about something to a state of considering action and or taking action if that action is appropriate. I know that these are disparate concepts of like addiction and relationships, but I do think it's a similar process in that we feel like I can't do it. I just can't do it because we can't see the solution from where we're standing. So because we can't see the solution, we just stop. We stop there because we cannot possibly let go of the thing that is familiar or has been the same for so long. And that thing is just, it's also um, normal, what is normal for us. And so what we're kind of confronting is that resistance to letting go of normalcy. But if you're listening to this, I'm guessing that some part of you really wants to explore this answer, this possible different future, and to at least be able to fully do that without holding yourself back and hiding. So that's what this is an invitation to do. I wanted to start this episode with a goal for all of us to share. Just that goal being being a healthy grown-up. Like being a healthy grown-up. What does that mean? What does that look like? What does that feel like? 
for me, that is defined by being able to move through your life with agency, like being able to align your actions behind your own best interests when you know what that is, when you know what your own best interests are. And also being able to face tough decisions that need to be made. So really being able to just move through your life as a secure, smart person with their use of their own smartest thinking. And to do that, I think, really requires, I would call it real-time processing, like live processing of sometimes really scary things, like really overwhelming things, which for a lot of people can be difficult. Why? Because it's either we get over uh, overwhelmed, overstimulated, like we can't grasp it all at once, or it can trigger old baggage, old pain, old trauma. It's, it's causing us to relive old losses veiled in the form of future pain, but it's not real. The thing we're imagining experiencing in the future is not accurate. So those paralyzing head movies where we are bereft and destroyed and feel decimated and we're incapable of of living, those are like basically your body's alarm system saying like, don't go there, don't go there, it's dangerous. But being a healthy grown-up also means saying what you want and not compromising that, not compromising what, what it is that you want. So letting go of what ifs. Letting go of what is out of your control, acting on your own best interests, regardless of how inconvenient they may be, including if it's like going to possibly mean a loss of a relationship. So imagine if you could just shut off the fear in your body and face things like that that freak you out for the sake of the future being better or being different. Maybe it's just different. Maybe it's not even, you know... Maybe all of the options that you've considered are not what the future hold. So as crazy as it sounds, a lot of us find just even going there, even thinking through these things, incredibly difficult. Like moving through your life with agency is not possible because of, I think, cultural messages that we get. I think a lot of us are kind of weakness is reinforced in us or a perception of our own weakness and fragility is reinforced by culture constantly. I think it's also because of our own unseen biases, fears, our past scars. We have this part of our brain that tells us like, it's too scary. I can't, I can't. But that's just fear of the past. And you are always new. Who you are today is new. It's different than who you are yesterday and the day before and last year and the year before that. So I think a lot of what this episode is about is letting go of fear as a means to blindness, like fear and obsession around a problem or a chronic condition or situation that you think you cannot confront. So these are kind of these invisible shackles that make us not take any action, including just simple reflection. And I think that is kind of like the most the worst kind of fear because it's it's invisible. It's hiding a truth. It, it's hiding as truth. So we behold this thing as something immovable. Like we just assume I can't face it because look, I'm not doing anything. It's just that we haven't really like taken a crowbar to the thing that's stuck to our perception. Like we haven't really peeled it away yet. It's not that you're not capable. 
It's just this very specific process of just trying to forget that's happening. Like we're trying to forget to think about this thing. On a personal note, when I am facing something terrifying and thinking about how painful it will be, I now, because of how badly that fucked me in the past, because I've hid from so many things in the past and I just was like, do, 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 everything's fine, everything's fine, not going to deal. Because it got so bad, now I'm like terrified of ignoring things. So I am now able to welcome change to come about. I like welcome health. I welcome positive change. And I let go of what that means in terms of reality. So in many ways, all of the like, darkest most horrific (laughs) states that I got to in my life were worth it for just that simple ability because now I'm able to draw boundaries by what I'm willing to tolerate like that is the way I draw boundaries and it's something I wasn't able to do before because I was like no but I don't want to say goodbye I can't but I can't let go I used to come from this intense fear of loss or a feeling that I would not survive the ultimate outcome if it were to come to pass For example, losing an addiction or losing a relationship or being broken up with. And what has changed is now I feel whole unto myself and I know innately that confronting change will cause way less pain than avoiding it. And I just the difference in how you navigate your life with those two differences of meanings is like night and day. I used to be kind of okay tolerating shitty and less than everything and having boundaries compromised because I was like I'm I don't know what to do and I didn't have any sensitivity to it there was no ouch there like the sensations in my internal alarms alarm system were silenced whereas now I have regrown them and when something doesn't feel right or something feels unhealthy they go off and I'm like nope this isn't good this isn't good this is leading to a bad direction so What I'm inviting in you is taking the stigma out of exploring the pros and cons of this situation that maybe you are terrified to let go of and deliberately coming into an energy of calmness, resource, and really reinforcing in your body, I will be okay no matter what, and really standing alongside yourself no matter what, and just continuing to walk bravely in the direction of the truth. I want the truth no matter what the truth is. I welcome positive change no matter what that means. And if there is a problem that is so major that it causes you grief and worry and obsession and agony, I can tell you right now, no matter how much you feel like you need this thing in your life, maybe it's the vice or the relationship, I'm guessing it's not making your life better to avoid looking at this feeling. It's actually creating way more problems in your life because when we avoid something, we overcompensate and we work hard at the avoidance process and at the rationalization process. It takes so many more of our resources to sustain this question mark in our lives. So this ingredient we are welcoming change around is around the clenchedness, around that like control feeling. Like that's what we're trying to release. That's what we're trying to let go of. That blindness that comes from a feeling of, I can't, but I don't, I don't want to know. 
I'm afraid. I'm afraid I'm going to die. I'm afraid of what it means. Like if you think you cannot face that thing or you've created a belief that it's not that bad or it's not an issue, like let's say with an unhealthy relationship or with an addiction, we do all these things to tell ourselves it's okay. Like we tell ourselves, I enjoy it. We tell ourselves, it helps me. I want to ask you this. Would it cause you this much obsession and draw this much energy from you and cause this much anxiety if it were a purely positive thing in your life? And if that's ringing true, if it's feeling like there's some energy around that question, know that it's not what you think it is. It's not like I'm not pointing to a certain outcome. It's not the end of the world. This is just me asking you to let go of the resistance. That's what's causing us the need to obsess. Like once once we remove that energy of, but I can't, but I won't, then it just can exist as neutral information that we welcome into our psyche that we can process live, that we can question live. We can talk about it with more people. We can ask bigger questions. We can weigh it against all sorts of things. It becomes malleable. And all of the same factors can exist and everything can stay the same. It's just we're taking out the energy of resistance. And we can be the same way. We can stay in the same routine. But feeling those feelings will not be so wrong. Like we don't have to correct them. So that is when we start to be able to see things from new angles. And that's also when we start to be able to own our voice a little bit louder. Like we can state how we feel without silencing it or reducing it or tweaking it. It's just, just is like, this is how I feel. We're not hiding it anymore from ourselves and from others. And when we can allow ourselves to question and explore things, this is when all of the solutions that we haven't thought of start to open up new roads we haven't considered or at the very least we can't see clearly yet from the previous road they start to enlighten in our minds and so when we refuse to look and when we hide that's when we can't get the outside influence so this is really just about allowing ourselves to be open to new tools to aid us on our path to relief Like that feeling of clenched blindness is just, we're trying to wiggle it so it detaches slightly from our body. And seeing that feeling and feeling like more in control of whatever that, you know, that definition is, it suddenly changes our position. Like as soon as we're like, all right, I'm going to own this. I'm going to own these things as real. It just starts to give us like a little bit more of a platform. We stand up a little bit taller. And just from, I'm going to remind you, change happens a little bit at a time and it happens on your own terms. So don't fear exploring a problem. And I know that like a lot of the time we don't want to explore a problem because we're afraid to find out there's no solution. Like if we've tried really hard in the past and we've tried with everything we can think of in the past, we don't think it's possible and we don't want to have a sense of hopelessness. So we tend to avoid exploring the problem in the future. But that is bunk logic. Like it just means that the right specific right solution has not popped up for you yet with the specific right timing. 
It's like you're feeling around in the dark for a door. You just haven't felt the knob yet. It's like you keep having to feel around in the dark. It didn't happen then, but it can happen now. So I would call this like a mental conditioning process to get to that uh, back into the state of action. So if you are feeling like there's energy in you around this topic, like it's feeling a little hot to the touch, I would say that's a sign. It's a sign something is ringing true for you in your life. So it's kind of like an excavation map. It's to get you to a place of more and more energy buildup so that it can kind of catapult you to a solution. So anytime you sense energy around something, it's like a good thing. It means you're summoning motivation. You're summoning um, possible future force toward change. So it's a good thing, not a bad thing. Like any of that that energy or tension around something is good. It's a sign of change to come. Let's just take the stigma out of the ability to process and explore whatever subject it is is coming up in your life I have a very brief part two the why kind of already touched on a lot of this but I'll go through it anyway risk aversion is often tied to anxiety just being an anxious person person and also past losses so I invite you to take a pause and just write a list of possible areas that are being triggered for you by this thing so I know for a lot of people Fear of the unknown is just reliving a past loss that occurred at a young age when we were powerless. And I just want you to become aware of whatever it was in the past that told you that you were unable to move through hard things. Because now you are much more resourced. You have many more people that you can reach out to. You have many more um, tools than you did as a young child. But let's just become aware of this might be contributing, this might be contributing, all of the things that are just being triggered in your body by the consideration of the loss of the current thing. I also wanted to call out, if you are completely ambivalent about something and you are like kind of frustrated by that fact, like I think a lot of the time when we don't know how we feel about something in our life, there's a good chance we just haven't fully processed the sheer magnitude of it yet like big life changes they have many pros they have many cons they have many tethers to different parts of our psyche and our soul and it requires we wrap our heads around all of these different components and what they mean to us and same with addictions like they have kept us functioning they've been a safe place for us for a long time despite the fact that we hate them and they cause us pain so don't be mad at yourself. Just know that like you can still move forward in the general direction of what you know is best for you despite the fact that you're not fully on board yet. Sometimes it's like, well, it's like we're a, we're, this is a really weird metaphor. We're a mesh bag full of rocks and we're pushing the majority of the big ones up a hill to get it to go over the hill. And some of the little ones are still dragging behind and creating drag, but it's really about putting, pushing the, the majority of that weight up and over, even if not all of us is processed yet. That's when it comes to something that we know deep down is best for us. And yes, we will continue to process things at different speeds and make peace with them at different times in our life and mourn in different ways. They come up in very strange 
times like things will trigger a memory and then you'll feel like activated in a certain way it's very organic and very strange how we process pain and especially when we're we're mourning something so don't blame yourself for that don't feel stupid also if your friends are telling you exactly what to do and what you should be doing and how you should be feeling know that that is kind but not helpful because you are the only person who has the answer to what is best for you including if you know all of the people you're talking to are giving you very logical sound advice like you are the only person ultimately who can make this decision and therefore you kind of have to wait for the majority of you to get there and somewhere deep down whether or not you want to acknowledge it somewhere deep down you know you know what you want you know what the ultimate right answer is and the goal is really just to allow yourself the right to explore that answer and hear it without the resistance. And know that no matter what happens, we cannot expect ourselves to resolve instantly or process everything, especially with major life changes. Like just allow yourself to be in the state of ambivalence and almost there and not perfect and and have some self-compassion. Like, yes, this may be a necessary and positive change in your life, but it may not feel positive as you let go of it or move through it. It can be very, very sad. It's just, it's bringing up all the old stuff. It's also bringing up all of this new fear and like my blankie. I want my blankie. I don't, I can't be without a blankie. So yeah, it's not your fault. You're not weak and you're not stupid. Before I go into the tools, I wanted to uh, bring up a brief word from our sponsors. And I will also put links to these in the show notes. All right, here we go. Part three, the how, the tools. Before I go into this tool section, first of all, I just want to say there is no right answer and there is no wrong answer for your situation. But the right answer will solve itself with intelligent negotiations and weighing pros and cons and processing and thinking through all of the tiny little details and if it's a relationship going through all of those discussions and you have to allow yourself the time and each other the respect to get there like if this is a relationship you can think about like how they do peace talks with other countries to reach you know an amicable contract it takes a lot of time, a lot of patience, a lot of tact, a lot of listening. But yes, you can and will get there. It's possible, even if a topic feels too explosive or insurmountable or too polarizing or too black and white on either side, with conversation, like the, the longer you go at it, the longer, the more you will have the ability to really hear just unadulterated truth and exactly the facts you're trying to just get down to the bare simplest plainest facts I will also say just take into account timing of these conversations your affect both of your affect during these conversations as well as any recent history that may be creating a sense of threat or insecurity because that is when people's ears close we when we're threatened our ears closed so just be tactful in your approach if you're going to be talking to somebody else about this change 
I will also say state your needs and do not change what those needs are, but really allow enough time for that meaning to be heard and received. A lot of the time, fear and conflict block out the meaning, the true meaning behind our words. So you can end up having the same conversation at different times over the course of several weeks. And then finally, like a month later, it's heard for the first time. That's partly just how we are triggered by threat and the other person might be triggered by threat. All of that aside, these tools are for you and not for you talking with this other person, but they, um, they will relate. They will relate to possible future conversations. All right. The first tool is called practicing non-attachment or let it go and we'll come back to you. I mean, that second half is kind of like, you know, don't read into what, what that's saying. This is super cliche, but the goal is to approach a situation with just complete non-attachment. Like, you know, when they say like, let, <laughs> let love go and it will come back to you. Like, I think that's an annoying saying, but that's kind of the energy we want to have in that it allows us to just not come from a place of neediness or less than. As soon as we're needy, it's like we're underfoot and we're reaching up and clinging. And really what the energy of power and self-respect looks like is non-attachment and acceptance for whatever the outcome may be. So this allows this state of feeling energetically is so we can look at a situation objectively, but also how we protect ourselves through that process. So just if you can scan your body right now and picture yourself embodying the energy of non-attachment and I will be okay no matter what. I welcome what will be. I welcome the truth of the situation as it should be. Like just how does that feel? It's unclenching your belly, relaxing your shoulders, opening your chest a bit. This is the energy of confidence. Like this is the energy of an attractive, powerful person. And if you think about it, like if you do it, let's do a little experiment. Imagine I am that person and I'm telling you like, these are the things I need. That person versus I need, I need, I need, I'm clinging and desperate and lower than like those two people evoke different types of responses. And the person who is resolute in what they want and is not willing to walk away from it is much more demands a much higher bar and demands much more value is much more attractive so in general I think that's like the intentions I want to come from a place of I am whole unto myself I am embodying the energy of detachment and I am okay no matter what All right, the next tool is a mantra. I welcome positive change. I want to invite you to customize this, but this is something I do before I go to sleep. It's when I something I think about when I wake up in the morning. It's just an a it's a mantra to it's kind of an acceptance mantra in that we are willfully accepting what is and we are asking that we are not blinded to that. So, it's really just saying I welcome positive change in my life I welcome what is I welcome what the best outcome is no matter what it is I know that's like hard to do I remember hearing some version of this 
many decades ago. And I was like, but I don't want certain things to happen. And that mentality is really you thinking you can decide from this limited place of pain and fear what is ultimately going to give you the best life. And one of my favorite Al-Anon slogans is if I got to choose my life, I would always be shorthanded because that's absolutely true. So this is a mantra to to just come back into that energy of trust and letting go of control. Remembering that your thinking is not going to get you to the best outcome. We really have to let go and welcome what can expand us and what can improve us and inspire us and make our life better, no matter what it is. All right, the next tool, build the lily pads. This is kind of a, a mini version of another episode I have, but it's it's really just reminding you like when we are about to enter a time of change and upheaval, this is a time to di- diversify. And by that, I mean your lifetime focus. So whatever you do during a day, broaden it. Add more time invested in new diverse things. So let's say your lily pads, I think of it as a little pond. We got to cover it up with lily pads, all different ones. Let's say currently your lily pads are my kids, my spouse, my coworkers, or, or my time at work. If you are about to go through a big time of change, we need to diversify those so you can add a new hobby, go to and take up a new sport, take up a self-soothing practice like yoga. We just need more things that define us to us in preparation for possibly one of those things going away. This is just how we become strong. It's, It's a way to build your ego up so you are stronger and can endure more loss. And it doesn't have to happen like all at once. This is just a gentle reminder. I need to populate my lily pads. And I'm not saying like exhaust yourself. This is just like one or two things. Check them. See if you need one or two more. What Friends, hanging out with friends could be one of them. All right, next tool. Honor all the people in the room. There will be many parts of you that feel different ways. And I just want you to allow them all to come forth and have a voice. Like some parts of you will be very sad and they can feel sad and that will be real. And some parts of you will feel excited and hopeful. And I think sometimes we are resistant to allowing that to come out because we're like, we feel superstitious or like we're betraying a part of ourselves or it just feels like, no, but I can't do that. Just know that all of these things can exist at once. And they have the right right to exist at once. And you're not a bad person for having them exist all at once. I think when we allow ourselves to just express those thoughts, it creates confidence in us. It creates a stronger sense of self. So I invite you to journal about all of those things or at the very least talk about them openly to someone. All right. The next tool is called, what are you really asking So if this is a relationship decision that you are trying to make, whether you're going to stay with someone or not, I just want you to write, this is helpful, I think, as a process, write down your specific words and what you are asking of the other person. And I would do this right after you have told it to a neutral party. Like if you've hung out with friends recently and you've told your story to your friends or you've paraphrased conversations to your friends, just write all of that stuff down and really in the most concise way way like what you are asking what you are trying to get out of this relationship or out of this conflict or whatever it is 
And the reason I'm inviting you to do this is because often you will, you will see how totally normal and rational and not big and totally positive what you are asking is. Like when you read it in that format, you're like, oh, of course I would want that. Of course, I'm not crazy. I'm not an asshole. It's so neutral. And, and I think a lot of the time, if we can just come back to that truth, we can remember how to be calm and present ourselves without any defensiveness in a conflict conversation. It just reminds us like, oh no, I'm, I'm asking for pretty good, smart, normal things. They're not outlandish. They're not unrealistic. They're not unkind. They just are really normal. And oftentimes when we get in triggering situations, triggering uh, conversations, we lose sight of that in ourselves or we can perceive ourselves to be crazy or just cruel or, or whatever the other person might be telling us we are presenting as. It's like we might start to believe that. So this is really for us to ground in our own beliefs and what we are asking for. And if you are in an amicable situation and this is a relationship, I invite you to also ask them the other person to summarize to you what it is they think you are asking and you are saying. You might, and I invite you to do it back to them because you can f discover where meaning is being lost or where the other person is changing the meaning or you can hear them in a different way when you're coming. It's kind of like a version of Imago therapy, but anyway, helpful. All right, the next tool, read between their lines. Or don't get lost in the content. So this is for a situation where you are perhaps looking at a relationship loop, like maybe this thing that keeps happening is keeping you trapped in a situation or trapped you trapped in a bad relationship. I learned this um, tool just as working as a therapist, I would often get lost in the immediate content of the session like whatever the person I was working with was saying I was so fixated on that and I was trying to help them solve for that and oftentimes what we have to do is just be a container and step back from that chaos so that we can ground the the entire thing just needs to be grounded so that it's not so up in the the content and so triggered and so high energy and like lost. It's like we really have to come back down to a deeper meaning. And, and to do that, we have to step back from that immediate, this is the thing that's happening. This is the thing. We have to step back. So this tool is for you to detach from whatever the content of your conflict conversations are and step back and really just look at it from afar. So... In your conflict, whatever it is, in, in your relationship loop or whatever is occurring, you can look at, just squint at their behavior and the situation as a whole over time and say, what is the real communication that's happening based on their actions and this pattern? What is the real situation? What is the real problem that is occurring based on all of the things that have occurred in the past and have recurred in the present. So the goal here is to get to that truth of the situation. And sometimes it's an inconvenient truth of the situation, which is this person wants th things to work this way. 
and this person wants them to work this way. And a lot of the time we can really see how simple the problem is because people's actions are telling us directly what they, how they want things to be. So for example, somebody's actions might be telling you, I want to do whatever I want and I'm in pain and I want you to leave me alone or something like that. Or that person's actions might say, I believe the terms of our relationship should be this instead of this. And I don't want to be accountable for your definition or something like that. Either way, step back from the immediate fight content and just see what that, what's that story of that equation that recurs. All right, next tool is called what I would say. You can do this tool, I would say dialoguing also with your addiction as if it were a person. And if you are going to try that, I would say that the person who is your addiction is often telling you, I soothe you and I make you safe and you can't live without me. So if you, if I'm going to personify any addiction, you can think of it as a drug dealer or a vampire or a narcissist. Like this person is so seductive and they really want you to believe that they are, they unconditionally love you and they are the only ones that can make you happy. They want you to believe in your own weakness and their ultimate ability to save you. So if you're not working with an addiction, this is just imagine this tool is really a processing tool for us to imagine what they would say in all scenarios and then what we would say back to them in all scenarios. And so really this is for just seeing how sound and logical your own thinking is, really witnessing it for yourself. And, and I mean, if you're in this position right now, make the hurt count. Like you're going through all this pain and this difficulty and this agony and being stuck, feeling stuck. Like being stuck is like one of the worst kinds of pain because you're just, it's a, an unending holding pattern. So this is difficult and painful. And the least you can do is just process to the point you are, to the point that you are fully aware and fully holding on to your position. And know that even if you've been here in the past, this place you are at now with this situation is new because today is new. And it is hard to get to where you are now. It, you didn't arrive here by accident. It's hard to get to this point and you earned that. So don't take it for granted. This place of consideration is not where you were one year ago. And know that we all process things in different ways at different times in our life. And like we get to a, a threshold. We get to places where we're like, and now I'm here. And now I'm not there anymore. So just know that this is new. Okay. So this is the, the prompt for what I would say. And this is for your journal. What would I say if this person decides they want to hit a reset button? What would I say to that? I would say, I cannot do that unless this happens, this happens, this happens. Ne- next prompt would be, what would I say if this person says, I'm done. This is everything's over now. I would say blank, blank, blank. And keep going with these prompts. It's got to be specific to your situation. But like literally play out. The person walks in the room and says blank. Now what am I going to say to that? 
And this is really just to like reaffirm where you stand and know that you mean it. Like make this hurt count. Don't, no one wants the reset button. Even you, even if you're terrified, we don't want the reset button. There's some part of us chemically that's like attracted to that, but it's not what we want deep down. We're trying to be guided by our highest truth as best we can. All right, the next tool, hypothetical mediation. So this is for a situation um, related to a relationship. One thing that's really helpful, I think when we're in a place of like ambivalence and we're like, but I can't, but I'm going to be losing this and I don't know if I want this and I'm terrified of thinking about it. One thing that we're trying to do is like solve for all of the nitty gritty every day, you know, how will this work? How, what is that going to look like? One thing that's kind of a more self-compassionate way to think about it is to start by asking yourself, allowing yourself to walk through what your goals are for the future and for the end of the relationship or the retention of the relationship like what is most important to you from a meaning standpoint what what is the most valuable possible outcome for you and I want I just want you to like ruminate on that and and write about it like think about it as a human being and this being a a monumental stage in your life like what is really the most important thing at the end of the day not all the stuff not all the like little deets but what are, what are your values telling you about how you want this to be? And second, what is the most important thing for you to avoid? So this is really just to help you move through a processing stage in your mind that allows you to see that there is a healthy and new, not Googleable, not in a book about whatever, like it's, it could be a new bespoke thing. This thing, whatever it is, whatever change is going to happen, whatever tweak to the situation is going to happen, it can be very specific to you. You can write it. You can decide it. It's up to you and it's up to the other person. Same with if you go about treatment for an addiction. Like this can be something that you have only done. You don't have to do what everybody else does. You don't have to go about it the same way. The way you create change in your life and the way you navigate your own care can be something you design. So just like start by asking yourself like, what is the most important thing for me to retain during this process? And what is the thing I want to avoid at all costs? Just start there. It allows, it's a better starting point, I think. All right. And the next tool the God box or the good box. I've put this tool in a bunch of episodes. I had to put it in here because I think it's just super helpful. It's it's tits, as I, I like to say. I have a God box because my friend Lori Burns gave me one and I they were selling it for proceeds to go to foster kids. So I was like, sure, even though I hate the word God, take one, I'll take one. And then I started using it because I was in a shit ton of pain. And I, I will tell you, it works. In a terrifying way, it works. So I'm not saying you have to get a God box, but what I'm asking you to do is get a little nice box of some sort that's ornate or it's plain, whatever you want it to be, something that has kind of a sacred appearance or feeling. And in this box, you're going to write what I would call your highest truths, your highest goals for yourself. And when we write it on these little papers and we put it in this box, it's just a signal to ourselves that I mean it. I really mean it even if I'm terrified even if I don't know how to get there I mean it 
This is how I got myself through so many overwhelmingly difficult decisions. Like I felt like I could not let go of my partner that I got divorced. I was like, I can't possibly do this. I'm going to die. And then I put it in the box and it's just like it tells you deep down like I know what the truth is. I know what it is. It's just like a way to hold on to reality that grounds you in such a more powerful way. It, it actualizes something that otherwise feels like it's just floating in the air somewhere above your head. So get a box. All right. The next tool, not to trigger anyone. Don't freak out when you hear this. Follow the situation to its ending. I know that that sounds terrifying because you're like, but I don't want to rush it. I don't want to jump to the end. Yeah, I don't know what the end is. I'm just saying allow yourself to follow the situation to its its true ending, whatever it is. Maybe that means everything's resetting. Maybe it means nothing's changing. Maybe it means you're just continuing to process whatever it is, but just continue to follow the next thing after the next thing after the next thing, having the next conversation, doing the next step. This is how you reach a result. I know it's terrifying sometimes to even bring up the feelings, but if you don't, then you're creating drag on your life. You're creating drag on your character and you are creating a problem where there wouldn't be one. Be By the simple avoidance of the topic you are you're only processing half the story and taking half the tools often negotiations as i said they're like peace peace talks with like totally different countries and they should be handled as such so if you have more talk in you allow the talk to continue as much as you hate it as much as painful and as annoying and tedious as it is continue to talk you have no idea how things can change in the course of processing something out and talking something out. It may start on one side and then by the end flip to a totally opposite meaning on like the third day of talks. Just allow yourself to hear all sides and hear them out to the finish. I'm just saying that if you're in a conflict situation where you're like, I'm fucking over it or I don't even want to think about it. Like just get to the end of the thing. Like talk it all the way out because it's that's the only way things move even if it's just one step forward they move forward those are the tools and before I close I want to thank my latest sponsors Christine thank you so very much and Mary Beth what an amazing donation from you thank you so very much really 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 appreciate it anyone who has the means the donations really help out this show and if you don't have the means I totally get it if you could uh, share it with someone who could use it or leave me a review on iTunes or I don't even know if Spotify has reviews. They probably don't. Anyway, any sharing is very appreciated. And in closing, always keep in your heart the self-confidence, self-assurance, and faith to be able to walk away. And I'm not saying you will walk away. And I'm not saying that that's easy. But that's the, that's the goal I have for you is to be in that space energetically where you know you can move through your life and move through an unwritten future and be okay no matter what. Like we can teach ourselves how to survive through pain and process it by taking on tools that other people have used. We 
bring in new tools, we bring in new resources, and we go through the motions. Like we can do things we didn't think we were capable of before. When I went through my divorce, I felt physically ill and I remember my legs like buckled, which I'd never, that never happened to me before. Um, But ultimately, it taught me how to love myself through thinking uh, I couldn't let go of somebody. Like it was a new way of moving through life that gave me many gifts. And now I am remarried. I have kids. I can't imagine being in this situation I am now without having gone through that former core strength building process. And all of that is to say, you are stronger than you think you are and the future will be different than you think it is. And everything we do comes from our goal, whatever it is, our aspiration for ourselves. So just make sure you're choosing the right goal. Just start there. Knowing nothing else, knowing how it will happen or if it will happen, just try and set the best and highest goal you can and make it pure and let the rest go. So I wanted to close this by inviting you to set the best goal for your situation. So I'll get quiet for a moment and just think about what that goal would be. What is the highest, best goal for myself? Just think about that and let the rest go. And if nothing is coming to your mind, maybe the best goal is to be happy and self-loving, to, to move through my life honestly with myself. I want to... I want to be able to make decisions based on my own best interests, any of those things. I want to put myself first. I don't want to take bad, I don't want to accept bad behavior. I want to move from a place of strength and autonomy, any of those things. Anyway, I digress. I hope you enjoyed this. I hope it was helpful. And if you're in pain right now, I send you my love. I'm thinking of you. I'm sending you all of my vibes of strength and positivity and smile. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.